Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the conversation around Catholic sexuality. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kathleen. Welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to another Charting Toward Intimacy episode. Here we are. Um, all right. We are talking about hard things. We're talking about hard things today and the fact that you can do them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can do hard things. Um, especially when it comes to sexual morality. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be really a fun conversation. Um, and we're really, we're really hanging out conversation wise. Um, we've had some heavy, like super teaching episodes. If you listen to the episode on, um, evaluating human action, you were like, whoa, I just got a crash course. (laughs) I wasn't ready for that one. (laughs) Wasn't ready. wasn't ready for that one. Right. Um, so we're just keeping it, we're keeping it casual today. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We have very little prepared. We have like no notes, literally. I do have the catechism open in front of me. So. Okay. That's good. That's good. You know, I got it. I got it right here. Yeah. Um, but first let's, uh, answer a listener question. Um, you can have your question featured and your name too. Like everybody puts these in anonymously, but like, I'd be happy to shout out your name. Um, if you (laughs) put it in there in the, in the little, question box. Um, but if you where question, can people find that question box? Just, it, there um, is a link in the show notes for it. Um, perfect. you can also go to the, in, like the link in my bio on Instagram has it, but like nobody clicks on link in bios anymore. Um, but it is there. Yeah. Um, or you're welcome to just like perfect. send me perfect. the question via Instagram. Um, also an option. Um, all right. So our question for today is, um, what do I say if my, like when my husband is like, oh, can we just have a quickie? Um, I Mm. think this depends on a lot of things. First of all, yeah. Like ask yourself, do you want a quickie? Like, and I'm assuming the asker of this question doesn't want it. Right. But like, if you are fine with that, then it's that's fine. Like, like I, I feel like we talk a lot about like the importance of like you receiving pleasure and like receiving an orgasm. And like, you know, it takes a lot of like time and, and work, um, for the female orgasm, like for the female arousal curve. But like, if you're fine with not having an orgasm, like there's nothing morally wrong with that. Like if you're just not like, that's fine. If you're fine with that, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on the flip side, if a quickie, say, feels like use, like it feels like your husband is just like kind of using you, um, mm-hmm. which I think there may be a tendency toward that with the request of a quickie, yeah. um, because the man working toward the female arousal curve is a lot of work. And it's a lot of self-gift. Yeah. And I think there is there there is definitely a tendency on the male side for a quickie to be selfish. I'm not saying every single one is. I'm just saying that there is a tendency. Sure. Um, sure. And it's just important yeah. to like recognize that. And I think it's important to have a conversation with your husband about that um, outside of his 100%. asking for a quickie. But just like, hey, why, why are you – why do you ask me 
for a quickie? Um, what's like your reasoning here? Um, and you know, this is going to be so individual for every couple, right? I mean, I, I I don't want to like speak in generalities too much here. Um, but you know, if, if you don't want a quickie, if you, if it feels like use to you, um, then it is very important for you to communicate that. Um, it may like, okay, so there's like a couple of options. Your husband asks for a quickie and you say, no, that is not the time to then explain your reasoning because emotions are like super, super high right now. That is probably a time to just like step away for a little bit. Um, now you might have a different dynamic. Maybe that is a decent time. Um, but I, I'm going to err on the side that it's not, that's not a good time to explain your reasoning. Um, I think it's important to explain your reasoning outside of the moment. Go listen to our episode about, do you talk about sex every day? Um, because you know, get, get the feel for what we mean by like outside of the moment. Um, another option. And again, like this is completely up to you. You could say yes. And then and then later, outside of the moment, explain why you don't really want to do that anymore. Um, and that is really going to be dependent on your dynamic, um, you and your spouse. Yeah. And and the gift that you want to give at that time. Um, and, you know, like it's – I'm not saying either one is better than the other. I'm just like I think well, the ideal would be you're listening to this right now and you know that your husband has asked for a quickie in the past. Like bring this up before he asks again <laughs> and talk about yeah, your uh, – that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. About your, I think that's the ideal. <laughs> Anything else yeah, to add? But I think that the – yeah, just like what it comes down to at the end of the day is like, you know, every act needs to be unitive, right? So mm-hmm. is, will, and, and loving, right? So will you feel united? and loved in this, in this circumstance when, you know, ask, ask, being asked for a quickie. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. if the answer is no, then the answer is no. Right. It's like, um, yeah, but definitely, definitely a good idea to talk about it before it happens again. (laughs) Yeah. And, and just like one more thing, it is not more meritorious to like say yes, if you feel like you're being used. Like that's not your job as a wife is to call your husband higher. And so if you feel like Mm -hmm. you're being used in this, it's actually your job to communicate that lovingly, you know, gently, right? Not not in the yelling way, right? To your husband. All right. Right. We should probably move on. (laughs) That's uh yeah, let's keep there's like a lot. We could like we could really do a whole episode about quickies. Probably, um, yeah. <laughs> maybe in the future, y'all. Um, we definitely, yeah, I think that's true. Okay. So. I feel like we say that after every user listener question. <laughs> maybe we should just take the <laughs> listener questions as episodes. Um, <laughs> as episodes. <clears throat> okay. So you can do, you can do really hard things. Um, mm-hmm. And something that is commonly really hard is abstinence during the fertile window. Um, and you don't say. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, like generally, it seems like I hear 
that this is harder for men than women. Just speaking in generalities here. Um, So you may be listening here and you're thinking, yeah, the abstinence thing actually isn't that hard for me. Um, But like it might be really hard for your husband. Um, So maybe this is like an episode to throw throw over to him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But God gives us grace and strength to do very, very hard things. And that includes remaining chaste. This is about chastity. Um, Remaining chaste when even in a marriage relationship. Um, So I'm talking about avoiding pregnancy and like abstaining for a couple of weeks, but also like out on a business trip, like, you know, and like remaining, remaining chase, not masturbating during that for sexual release, like recognizing that like, if you're not physically with your spouse, like there's, there's no moral way to receive sexual pleasure. So that is that making sense, or am I just like, <laughs> am I just going crazy? No, it is. Well, I'm not. Make, I know I'm not going sense. crazy, I but that, <laughs> I'm not making sense. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think it does make sense, and but I think that like you know most people who practice NFP have a very love hate relationship with it, mm. and the hate comes from the fact lot. that it's hard. Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean. Present. Yeah, right. like I, <laughs> you know, it's really funny because I, we, I hear that a lot, and like, it's just, it's not that is not our struggle. My husband and I, like, it's mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. I am not Great. saying we don't struggle with sex, y'all. Sure, like, sure, but like sure. the aspect of having like a love hate relationship with NFP, truly isn't yeah it's it's not part of our story um we've got other issues to work through um and i'm not saying that like i'm like more meritorious than you for that but it's just like it's actually something i've really had to learn how to understand right yes yeah (laughs) and that's fair like i think that's reasonable but for those of us that that do have that love hate relationship the hate comes from the fact that it's hard and that it's not uncommon for us to experience disconnect between each other mm. due to the practice of NFP, right? Like, or, and, and it's not like, like we've said this before in previous episodes, like NFP is not the problem, right? Like it highlights other issues that, that are kind of resulting in this disconnect, I think, which is, I mean, ultimately a gift, right? Like mm-hmm. to be given something to highlight those issues, to make them visible so that you can perfect and work on them is a gift. So, you know, it takes a little bit of a perspective change, but I think that it's so important that, well, let me, let me backtrack. I think that because it's hard and because we know that sex is a good within marriage, right? It's very easy for us to try and um, rationalize some more sinful things within our Mm -hmm. sexual relationship, Mm -hmm. right? To be like, well, you know, like 
God, God wants us to have sex. Like, like it is a gift. Like we should be using this. And if we can't for these valid reasons, then like we should be allowed to like, like it's better that we're united than not. Right. And so we kind of end up twisting. This is how the devil works, right? Like we twist. (laughs) Yeah. We twist this into like, well, it is a good and it is unitive. And therefore, we should be able to A, B, C, D, E, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And rather, we so we rationalize rather than suffer. And Mm. it's- Whoa, hold up. I feel like we- Hold up. That was like, (laughs) that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Like we rationalize rather than suffer. Mm. Okay, keep going. Keep going. And I, I kind of, I kind of feel like we talk about suffering a lot on this podcast, probably way more than people like, it's not so often that you like, you know, start following a, a sex podcast and you get like rammed with suffering all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, You're but, like, this is you know, what I was expecting. I, but I, it's just such a crucial element to our faith. And it's, um, it's something that we were told from day one right? That Jesus told us from day one was going to happen and we should expect. And, you know, there are, it's not that, it's not that we are called to look for suffering or, you know, to find ways to suffer, but just the reality that, that there are times where it's going to be necessary and it's going to be required and sort of in all facets of life, right? So, and, and our, our married sexual relationship is not any different. Like there are going to be times of rejoicing. There Mm -hmm. are going to be times of just like praise to God for the goodness of marriage and the goodness of sex. And, but there are also going to be times where we are called to lay it down and we are called to suffer through and they're not supposed to last forever, Mm -hmm. but they're going to happen and they, and they can be expected. And so what do we do in those times, right? Like what do we do rather than sitting down and trying to rationalize and justify, I should say justify, right? Like mm. justify our actions because we want to feel united, right? Like we are called to go to the cross and how do we go to the cross? We go to mass, we go to confession because that's those, th- those are the sources of grace, Right. Mm -hmm. And whenever we're called to suffer in anything sexual or not sexual or any, any sort of suffering we can experience in life, we have to remember to call upon grace to make it through. Like that is the life raft, Mm -hmm. right? Like great, great. You will not make it through without the help of grace. And sometimes God, I mean, as, as baptized Christians, right? Like God pours grace onto us without our, our realizing it, but we can go to him intentionally to ask for more Mm -hmm. and he will never cease in giving it to us. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes we survive just just based on baptismal grace alone. Right. But, but we can go and request more when we intentionally seek it out and think about it. But we have to be open <laughs> to it when right. we request more. You have more. to be open to it, yeah. Because I think yeah. something that that happens a lot in our in our broken human hearts is we go to God, we ask for grace, and we expect the grace to mean that it's not going to be hard anymore. 
And that's mm-hmm. not what God's grace does. Yeah. God's ga- grace gives us, grace does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gives us the strength to suffer well. Um, it does not mm-hmm. make the suffering easier. Um, also, God's grace gives us the under, like it gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like understanding and wisdom and knowledge. And so then like, and so sometimes it does make some suffering easier because we can kind of unlock this like understanding, this perspective shift. You know, some of those things can lighten the load a little bit, right? Jesus wants to help us carry the cross. Um, but like we go to yeah. God expecting and we're like, God, God, give me the grace to like get through this fertile window. And but it's still it's still hard mm-hmm. when we get home, like <laughs> from mass, right? And yeah. that's that's because it's still supposed to be like, you have to be open to the fact that like God's grace isn't going to look like what you want it to look like. Like God's grace isn't suddenly going to come to you and say, oh yeah, you know what? It's actually fine if you masturbate during the fertile window. Like God's grace isn't going to tell you that. And I understand, right? right? I get it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) God's grace is not going to say, oh yeah, I understand. It's fine. Go ahead and sin just this once. God's grace will never, ever say that. That is a trick of the devil. You know, if something is pointing you to sin, Mm -hmm. if you are rationalizing and justifying sinning, saying, oh, but God's mercy will take care of me. I I believe that God just understands that some of us just can't, um, can't make it through. Okay. God does understand he understands fully and completely what you are capable of, and he will never put something in front of you that you are not capable of doing with his help. But you have right. to trust yeah. him. You have to trust him. You know what I was thinking yeah. when you were talking, Kathleen, is um, in uh, in my parish's adoration chapel, I'm so blessed to have um, an adoration chapel. And um, on the wall... Um, our pastor, our pastor loves Mother Teresa. Um, on the wall next to yeah, the crucifix. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the words are? <laughs> on the wall next to the crucifix. I thirst. Um, oh, yeah. These, those were the words. Um, Mother Teresa put them up. They were up on the, um, up on the wall of like her orders chapel. I thirst. Mm-hmm. Jesus thirsts for you. He yearns for you. That desire that you have for sexual unity with your spouse during the fertile window when you need to abstain because you're trying to avoid pregnancy, God's thirst is infinitely greater than that. If you think it's hard to not come together in the sexual union during that time, it is infinitely harder for Jesus on the cross when he is thinking about you, because he's thinking about you, mm-hmm. you listening right now, yeah. Jesus on the cross thought of you. And he said, I thirst, I thirst for you. I want all of you, right? He, God gave us these desires that we have to give us a glimmer of how much he loves us and how much he wants us. And so and also what I think yeah. to remind us how much we need him. Yes. 
Yes. You know, it's, yeah. Um, and so like when we meet, when, when people say unite your suffering to the cross, it's unite your desire for something you don't have right now to Jesus's desire for you. That's what that means. It's not mm -hmm. just like suck it up and white knuckle your way through something that's hard. It's recognize that your wants and your desires are, are sitting on the cross, wanting and desiring you even more, even more. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know for me, I struggle with remembering to pray in the moment. Mm. So, um, like my day starts and that's it. We're just like, go, go, go. And there's so many times I forget to pray in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have a um, reminder on my phone set for noon to remind me to pray the Angelus, right? Like just like. It's awesome. Yeah. Which I do about half the time. It's you like, know, I think that's what. <laughs> like, it's like I'm pretty awful. I think that's what the Liturgy of the Hours does too for us. Like if you pray mm -hmm. the Liturgy of the Hours, it's like these constant reminders, yeah. right? Like that's kind of like the point of these, like, you know, pray at all times, right? Very it's like, true. you know, we have these level, like the Angelus, right? Six, noon and six, like this just good, like yep. reminders throughout the day. Yeah. But so, you know, I say that like in, in the moment of frustration or struggle, there are a lot of times that I forget to ask for grace. Like, I'm just like, and, and I, I tend to just kind of like sit in my suck sometimes, which is pretty awful. Right. And like, I just sit in it without asking for help or asking for grace. The one thing that I've really tried to do more often and to make a point of in my day is as I'm starting my day or just like, as I'm praying, like, as I think about it, asking the Holy spirit for promptings during the day to remind yeah. me to pray in those times, right? Because I know, like, I can't just set an alarm on my phone for like knowing when I'm going to like be, you know, sitting in some suck to be like, Hey, pray now. Right. Like I can't, we can't do that. Right. right? But what we <laughs> That'd be awesome though. Is to ask the Holy, <laughs> it would be great. Like, Hey, when I'm, I mean, listen, technology is probably only like a minute away from like, uh, right. Detect our feelings the, like all the AI stuff, feelings. Right. But <laughs> exactly. Anyway, don't want that to happen. No, uh, too freaky, but um, but what we can do is ask the Holy Spirit for, I mean, that's, that's literally the Holy Spirit's job, right? Is to inspire and to bring wisdom. So to ask the Holy Spirit at the start of your day, remind me, like prompt me to pray when I need it, prompt me to ask for grace when I need it, right? In the hard moments of today. And that could even just be in parenting. Yo, mm -hmm. I have been in the thick of some hard parenting moments lately, right? And it is, it's just like, you lose your cool. You, mm -hmm. you just like want to flip out and scream. Like you just, it's hard. And I need to remind, remember, I ask the Holy Spirit to remind me in those moments to stop, to pause and to ask for the grace. Mm -hmm. And the same thing applies in our sexual relationships when we're really struggling right? Or struggling with, with abstinence or whatever piece it is, or misunderstanding, um, or disconnectedness. 
when you're struggling, stop, ask the Holy Spirit to stop and remind you to ask for the grace. Mm-hmm. Love that. I love that. Because we'll be given it if we just remember, you know? Like, yeah, it, right. That's, that's my problem. Well, like, I, I want is to like, ask for it. I just forget. It's like God is already, he's like, he's constantly pouring out grace on you. And I think a, mm-hmm. a visual that I got from Christopher West is even like, it's not so much asking for God to give you the grace because he's thr- he's pouring it on you. It's asking God, like, help yeah. me unlock the door to my heart so that I can receive the grace that you're continually pouring out on me. Like, you know, so even that visual yeah. might help you too. I got a great That's quote true. from the catechism here, um, 1615. Uh, it talks about like the unity and indissolubility of marriage. But I think this concept um, can really be understood and applied um, specifically to like the context of sexual morality. I mean, that is the whole unity and indissolubility of marriage is remaining chaste in marriage. Um, So 1615, this unequivocal insistence on the indissolubility of the marriage bond may have left some perplexed. So when when Jesus said it in in the gospels um you know the the, the disciples they were like, "Well, then who should get married because that's real hard, Jesus." <laughs> um yeah. So it may have left some perplexed and could seem to be a demand impossible to realize. However, Jesus has not placed on spouses a burden impossible to bear or too heavy. By coming to restore the original order of creation disturbed by sin, he himself gives the strength and grace to live marriage in the new dimension of the reign of God. It is by following Christ, renouncing themselves, and taking up their crosses that spouses will be able to receive we're not, it's not our work, right? We are receiving the original meaning of marriage and live it with the help of Christ. This grace of Christian marriage is a fruit of Christ's cross, the source of all Christian life. I mean, there it is just laid out for us that like he, God is never going to give us something that we can't live out. He's, he's never going to give us something that's harder. He's never going to give us something where the answer, the solution is sin. I can guarantee that point. So if you find yourself justifying sin to get through the fertile window, it is time to get on your knees. It is time to go to him. Okay, Kathleen said the mass and confession. I mean, those are like just these fountains of grace just waiting for you. Yeah. And adoration if you can get there. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah. Just being in the presence. (laughs) Yeah, just being in the presence of of God. You know, you just receive grace. You you can't even realize or fathom. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly, I, I know that feeling about like not even being able to realize the grace 
that like I receive from going to adoration. Cause like sometimes I take my kids and like <laughs> feels like yeah. nothing. Right. I go in there for like 30 seconds before they start screaming. And, but it's like, no, I, I, I can trust I that God is there in it. And like, I can trust that there is a point, right? There's a point to going to mass, even when the kids are screaming. There's a point yeah. to going to confession, mm-hmm. even when, you know, my contrition isn't perfect. Um, there's right. there's a point to all of it. It's God. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you are not already following us on Instagram, be sure to check us out at charting toward intimacy. And if you listen to podcasts on a platform that gives you the option to rate or review, we'd love for you to do that because it helps us spread the word about the podcast. If you ever have questions, comments, or episode topic ideas, please reach out to us. We love to hear from you. You can reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Our email is in the show notes until next time. 